Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Well, there you are. Welcome back once again to the table. A few weeks back, we did a little bit of a spinoff on the table, and it was called Lyrically Speaking, where we examined song lyrics, and at that particular time, I had my good friend, Denby Cherry, and we talked song lyrics. I, I always interested in talking to a musician you know, about song lyrics, and I have another, another opportunity today. Uh, he was just on the podcast not too long back. Uh, my good, good friend, he's sitting in Alabama, sitting in my living room in Alabama, Mr. Jeff Gore. Jeff, welcome again to Redemption's Table. It's good to be here. Good to have you here. You bet. We're talking song lyrics today, and you know... One of my favorite things. The phraseology is an important thing. The way words are put together. When Denby and I talked, we talked about... I said a song is the perfect marriage of music and and lyrics, uh, but I've always leaned toward the lyrics, but you know, the way something is said just, just gets you, just your attention. Like the other day, I was walking down the street and came across this, this store, and it said, the name of the store was Faith, Trust, and Meteorite Dust. <laughs> Can't get that out what of my hoot. mind. What a hoot. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, it has a lot of potential there. So anyway, with that kind of absurd beginning, uh, what are some of your favorite songs? That's what we're dishing on. You know, just share favorite lyrics well written lyrics you're like what i uh, my favorite song of every song ever written is uh, the old cowboy song called night rider's lament and that's a great one it was written by a man named uh michael burton who actually just died last december of 75 years old and he wrote it when he's a young man and it's uh many people probably heard it they don't know it by the term it's one of those songs that the the title is not in the words of the song. It's called something that is not part of the lyrics. You know, most songs, the first line of the song or the the hook of the song is the title of the song. You know, and this one, Night Rider's Lament, those words are never in the in the lyrics. But it's about a cowboy riding night herd. He's watching the herd at night, mm-hmm. and um, he uh, he's the the moon. One of the coolest sign, uh, lines in the song is the moon was as bright as a reading light. Wow. on a letter from an old friend back home. Wow. And he's reading this letter. And then the, the chorus is, why do you ride for your money? Mm-hmm. Why do you rope for short pay? Uh, you ain't getting nowhere. You're losing your share. Well, they must have gone crazy out there. Yeah. And it's the idea the old cowboy used to say, if anybody ever asked you why you're a cowboy, well, they wouldn't understand in the first place or they'd never ask, yeah. you know? So you're, you're wasting your time answering their question. They wouldn't understand. So it's that kind of a deal. And he's looking back on... 
these people he's known, and they're written this letter saying, you know, I ran onto this, oh, evidently an old girlfriend of his, and she's wondering what in the world is he thinking, you know? Why does he ride for his money? Why does he rope for short pay? It's a great song, and then it ends with the yodeling part at the end, which is really cool, you know? It's because he says uh, you've, they've never seen uh, the northern lights. They've never mm-hmm. seen a hawk on the wing. They've never seen the spring hit the great divide, and they've never heard old Camp Cookie sing. Yeah. And that ends with that yodeling part, like that's Camp Cookie singing around the campfire, around the chuck wagon, you know. And it's it's just a really cool song, and it's one of those songs that um, it may be too deep about its own subject for the average person to even get what he's talking about, because it is what I say. You know, I was telling you earlier. I I tell people when they're writing a song, write out of your thoughts, and then simplify them as much as you can down to as few words as you can get, and then try to make it rhyme and meter to tell the story. Yeah. You don't have to tell the whole story. Leave some to the imagination. You can have the whole story in your head, right? but you don't have to tell every minute detail of the story rolling around in your head in the words of your song. Sometimes when you hear a song that people, you can tell they're trying too hard. Yeah. That's, that's the only way I can describe it. They're trying to tell the story in much too much detail instead yeah. of simplify. They could have, they should have proofread it one more time and simplified it down one more stage. It's like leaving a step out on an algebra problem. Right. You may get the answer right, but you missed the question. Yeah. You got marked off for the whole question because you left a step out. Yeah. And there's a step missing there. And so Night Rider's Lament is one of those songs that you might kind of miss what they're saying. I'm a fairly observant guy, and I observe that you have your guitar there in your hand. I do. Will you sing us a quick, quick snippet of the song? We're just yep, looking for it. I will. Know. Spotify link snippets. While I was out a-riding The graveyard shift midnight till dawn The moon was as bright as a reading light On a letter from an old friend back home And he asked me why do you write for your money Tell me why do you rope for short pay? You ain't getting nowhere and you're losing your share. You must have gone crazy out there. That's a good song. Yeah, that's a great song. When that's you mentioned really Western song. songs, one of my favorites, and it's nowhere near as in-depth or involved as the one you just sang. But I think I mentioned this the last time we were together. In 1959, when I was born, there were 39 Westerns on television. I love it. like blows me away. One of my favorite all-time Westerns, maybe my favorite all-time Western, is the television show Maverick. Uh-huh. had the theme song. And just the theme song, uh, I'll just a short part of it, is Smooth as a Handle on a Gun. Maverick is the name. Wild as a wind in Oregon, roaring up a canyon. Easier to tame. I just like that. Yeah, it's, it's just well written. Uh, it's creative. You got all these images of you know. That so. sounds like a Louis L'Amour lyric. You it know does. I mean, it, it really sounds like that yeah. era. Yeah. And you know, I, we were laughingly talking about that last night, and I said, "Yeah, and TV's gone downhill ever since." <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> with each with each uh, series of those fifty nine being canceled. Yeah. Television went farther away from yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't improve James Garner. Uh, quintessential. You know, yeah. I love his tongue-in-cheek humor. But yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. So hit us with another one. What what is another one of your songs? You know, songs? 
I've, I've had some little, I'm not really that great of a songwriter and I'm not that great of a musician at all, but I have in some circles in, in an education setting talked about songwriting in, mm-hmm. a, for, in a forum with people interested mm-hmm. in songwriting. And one song that I always kind of throw out there um, as one of the most well-crafted songs that I've ever heard, it wasn't a huge hit. Um, it was... It, this guy's a great songwriter. Mark Wills is the guy that wrote it. He's written a bunch of songs mm-hmm. maybe that you may have never heard or thought about uh, that other people have recorded. But he wrote this and actually recorded it, and it's called Wish You Were Here. And the reason I like it is because it tells a story. Mm-hmm. The characters are very endearing. Um, it is a, There's irony in the story. There's a real irony there in, in what happens. Um, it, it's sad, but it's also uplifting in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I like about it is how it's crafted because it's like the song that I just sang, uh, Night Riders of Men, it's a three-chord waltz. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's got a minor chord thrown in there every once in a while, but basically it's, it's a three-chord kind of a waltz mm-hmm. song, three-four time. Um, he does jack with the rhyme and meter a little mm-hmm. bit there mm-hmm. with a minor key and then all, everything else with the, uh, they must have gone crazy out there. That's not a, that's a, like an add-on line mm-hmm. that, that rhymes. The thing that I think is so cool about Mark Will's song, Wish You Were Here, it goes... Um, let me let me just sing a little bit if I can. I okay. don't really know it that well, but they kissed goodbye at the terminal gate. She said you're gonna be late if you don't go. He held her tight, said I'll be all right. I'll call you tonight to let you know. He bought a postcard. On the front it just said heaven With a picture of the ocean and the beach And the simple words he wrote her Said he loved her and they told her How he'd hold her if his arms could reach Wish you were here Wish you could see this place Wish you were near Wish I could touch your face. The weather's nice. It's paradise. It's summertime all year. There's some folks we know that say hello. I miss you so. Wish you were here. There is nothing straight and ordinary about that rhyme and meter, but everything works. Yeah. They kissed goodbye at the terminal gate. He said you're going to be late. Mm-hmm if you don't go. So the middle word to the second line rhymes with the last word of the, word of the first line. Yeah. Nobody does that. Yeah. And then the last word of that second line, you gotta go way on down in the verse to match it up. And then he goes, he held her tight, said I'll be all right, and I'll call you tonight to let you know. Mm-hmm. It rhymes with that other end of the word. I mean, it's just, it never goes the way you expect it to go. Yeah. The songs that you remember in your mind mm-hmm. that you can't get out of your mind are the catchy little tunes that that are predictable. Yeah. That, uh, you know, uh, doodle all the day. You get that stuck in your mind, you sing that over and over and over and over again, but there's nothing major technical about that song. It's just this kind of a cute, silly little song. Stephen Foster wrote it, which is the first great American songwriter that there ever was. But that song is so structurally artistic. And it's so interesting because 
I don't want to be a, a, a buzz killer, but he gets on this plane mm-hmm. and she gets a phone call that the plane went down and everybody died. Yeah. So she, she lost him. But the postcard he bought that says all that, he got it in the mail before he got on the yeah. plane. So after he's gone, yeah. she got a postcard in the mail that just said heaven. Yeah, yeah. With a picture of the ocean and the beach. And the simple words he wrote her, said he loved her and he told her. How he'd hold her if his arms could reach. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just I mean, yeah. good grief. Yeah. What a song. I mean, to me, that's absolutely an, uh, very unknown to most people who will yeah. never hear that song, never have heard that song. Yeah. But you need to download that song off of iTunes and put it on your We'll, we'll on have your a Spotify show. playlist to go you, along You've got to things. do that. That is one of the best uh, written songs ever. And I don't know if anybody has ever awarded Mark Wills uh, anything for writing that song. Yeah. But the world needs to know that even if he never wrote another thing that was good, that structurally as a song is a masterpiece, yeah. I think. It the, really is. The simplicity of that song in the beginning, just a common, ordinary thing that people yeah. do, Saying suddenly had the a totally gate. different spin yeah. you know, by the end of the song. That's yeah. a good song. Pretty That's cool good song. song. Pretty deep song. One of my favorite uh, singer-songwriters, and I was at a Huey Lewis in the News concert a few years back, and this guy opened, this guy by the name of Jamie Kent. And he's such a good songwriter. And I'm just waiting for him to get discovered. He wrote a song called Look Up. And in the chorus of the song, I don't have my guitar with me. And I don't play the guitar, so it wouldn't matter if I had it with me or not. I do have a guitar. Anyway, another story. Uh, his song is Look Up, and the lyrics go like this. Look up, life's passing you by. Look up, it's trying to catch your eye. There's moments that you're missing. Life, you could be living. The world's worth much more than a buck. Look up. These moments that you're missing, this life you could be living, never too late for new beginnings. Time to take that life and live it. There's all kinds of heaven surrounding us. Wow, that's good. Look up. Yeah. And just, uh, I didn't do the song justice because I didn't say it. Yeah, you well, know, you know, I think that, you know, I think that, I think, like I said a minute ago, I think some people try too hard. Mm-hmm. I was trying um, too hard. His song is perfect but, in a way. It comes but I mean, the way pe- some people write their songs, yeah. the way they write the lyrics. I'm, I've always been lyric driven, all mm-hmm. right? And I, I was never one that was a big um, hard rock and roll guy because I wasn't all about music that was electric guitar riff mm-hmm. driven, you know, with the interlude of Neil Sean on Journey just ripping, you know, a deal or, or Eddie Van Halen or anything. That never really appealed to me. But the songs that told a story that had mm-hmm. lyrics that were moving in what they talked about um, are, is always what drove me. What always what inspired me was those words, and so it, I you know, it's almost like somebody scratching a blackboard when I hear somebody that I know is a good songwriter mm-hmm. because I, I can tell from the song this is a good songwriter, but they rushed it. Yeah. They rushed that. They are, they are performing it on stage mm-hmm. before they've honed it. I do not believe. The saying from the men in suits in Nashville with no talent making money off people that have talent that say a good song is not written, it's rewritten. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying that before it is fully written, mm-hmm. you need to finish the job. You need yeah. to really work it and really hone it. It's like that last few steps on a great sculpture. Yeah. Somebody may come in and go, oh my gosh, that's the most amazing sculpture I've ever seen in all my life. And the sculptor works several more weeks on it before he's done with it. Mm-hmm. Because to him, it's not completely finished. Right. 
and he has to sculpt it down to what it really needs to be. One of the most simple songs ever written is Neil Diamond's Song Sung Blue. Exactly. It took him three months to write that yeah. song, the words yeah. of that song. And it's yeah. just a pure, simple little song. What Some other favorite lyrics of yours? Lyrics. Um, I like this. I like Gillian Welch's music because Gillian Welch is very simple mm -hmm. and she's very old-timey um, sounding. And even the stuff she... She sings a lot of old-timey Appalachian kind of songs. But the songs that she writes sound just as old timey and i think this is an this is an interesting song and i'm gonna um well i'm not gonna do it in that key because that'll be too high for me nobody knows what waits ahead beyond the earth and sky I'm not afraid to die And let the work of my own hand Be broken by and by Light, light, light I'm not afraid to die Sometimes it finds me fast asleep Or wakes me where I lie Lie, lie, lie I'm not afraid to die It's just a real simple song and and in some ways you're not even really sure what she's talking about mm -hmm. but it's just it's amazing how you can take a couple of little verses and just a a little yodeling light of, like light, light, light. i'm not afraid to die well that didn't even really say much in fact i know people that would say well i hate songs like that they need to put words in there i don't like it when they're just filling space words there's people that hated Roger Miller because you know do whacka do whacka do yeah. you know, but <laughs> you can't go you can't go skating in Buffalo Herd. That's right, <laughs> buddy. That's right. He used to say that he when he grew up on the reservation and when they got through with their their senior prom, it rained for three months. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I just got that. We're slowly up. Oh uh, yeah, but anyway, <laughs> but what I'm saying is there is nothing more simple. Yeah. I mean, very simple song. I mean. Right. There's nothing complicated about that song except really figuring out exactly what she's saying. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, I think that uh, she's just saying, you know, what will be, will be. Yeah. Let it come as it may because nobody yeah. knows what waits up ahead. Yeah. You know, be on the earth and sky. Yeah. I ain't afraid to die. Yeah. Whatever, whatever happens, very, very I'm, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. It, but it's, there's very little words. That's the whole song. Well, I mean, it's going back word. to, you know, words and music, the marriage of the, the two. Oh, because yeah. Because you can hear a great written song, but it's terrible music, and you may not pay attention to it, or or vice versa, you know. You uh, talk about a three-chord waltz. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that's just yeah. a three-chord waltz. Almost anybody yeah. that plays a guitar and has a capo can play that yeah. in whatever key they need to sing. That was a little high for me, but 
Um, would you play? I would like you to sing a song, Smell the Color Nine. That's one of my favorite books. Right? That's good. <laughs> smell it. I would take no. He's talking about, you know, me and God. You know, I would take no for an answer just to know I heard you speak, God. Yeah. You know, he didn't say God, but, you know, that's who he's talking to. And I'm wondering why I've never seen the signs they claim they see. Are the special revelations meant for everybody but me? Maybe I don't truly know you, or maybe I just simply believe. Uh, he said, because I can sniff, I can see, and I can count up pretty high. And these faculties aren't getting me any closer to the sky, but my heart of faith keeps pounding, so I know I'm doing fine. But sometimes finding you is just like trying to smell the color nine. <laughs> Honestly. And then he closes. He says, smell the color nine? But nine's not a color. And even if, you, even if it were, you can't smell a color. You can't smell the color nine. That's my point exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's like who's on first, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a there's a crazy song by Shel Silverstein. Of all people, he wrote the the uh the give the giving tree or the learning tree? Which one is that? The little kids book. Um I think it's the Actually giving tree. I think it's the giving, giving tree. tree. Yeah, yeah, he wrote that, which yeah. is crazy cuz he he wrote some pretty bizarre and some even songs that are almost limerick or he almost mm. kind of lewd. But he wrote this song about this guy that uh, starts messing around with another man's wife and they run off to leave her husband. And the way they get away from him, he's got a wooden leg. And so they take his wooden leg away from him. And they go running off. And the chorus is, you know, I'm a three-legged man with a two-legged woman running for my life from a one-legged man. I mean, who writes that? I mean, you got to be just a little bit donkey in your head, you know. I don't even know if donkey's a word, but that's the word I come from. You, you know? can't roll a skate in a buffalo herd. Exactly. Man. I mean, who writes that stuff? Who comes up? But it just goes to show you that you never know what's rolling around in a person's mind. <laughs> Sometimes it's dangerous if you did know. But but the, the interesting thing to me is is how... Um, lyrics to songs that mm -hmm. people write are as diverse as human beings. Yeah. You sit in an airport or in the mall and you watch people walk by. And I want, I dare you to find any two people that even look close to alike that are not actual twins. Mm -hmm. Okay? I mean, and even some twins look nothing alike. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the way lyrics are and that's because they come from different minds and yeah. everybody thinks completely differently. Everything is so just different and perspective is different. Yeah. And with all of that, a lot of times a song will come along and the, the line, the lyrics are enigmatic. It's like, mm -hmm. what do they mean? I'm not yeah. sure. Uh, you know, can you think uh, of a song like that, that, um, you know, do any perfect, no, that's the wrong question. Are there any enigmatic lyrics that that you find meaning in personally it may not have nothing to do with what the songwriter intended but it's yeah. like i something's pinging off of me in the yeah. song that sounds nonsensical in some ways yeah very poetic um there is a song that i love the way it sounds and i have no clue what he's talking about and it's called world without end it's by a guy named a bundy i've never heard anything okay. else from him it's the only song on itunes by him huh. I heard it on the tail end of a television show. And I looked up that television show to see who sang that song and who wrote it. And I, I dare you to listen to that song and mm -hmm. explain to me what in the world he is talking about. It's like we were laughing earlier. Mm -hmm. Let's just make up a song to where all the words rhyme at the end of the yeah. line, but uh. it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. See how funny that would be? Because uh. it would just be nonsensical. That's the way that song is. 
It has a great sound. His guitar playing is amazing. It's a folky little, you know, guy sitting in a little corner of a dark room on a stool playing and singing kind of sound. But I cannot figure out what the guy's talking about. It's a great song. But you're like, but it's not a great song because I don't know what he's talking about. No, the guy's, the guy's got to be stoned, you know, or something. You're not sure what he's talking about. And then, uh, by the same token, you've got the song The Weary Kind mm-hmm. from the movie Crazy Heart that won the Golden Globe, won the Academy Award and everything for the movie Crazy Heart. Ryan Bingham wrote it. And it's a great song. But if you haven't seen the movie, if you don't know what the story is, you may not know what he's talking about in that song either. Yeah. So things have perspective. You know, there's, there's, you can look at, some people would look at Weary Kind and say, well, it's just like that world without end. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what he's talking about. But if you understand, if you've seen the movie, mm-hmm. and that's the theme for that movie, you totally get it. Visually, you have something. To you totally have an understanding. Yeah. And the, as a songwriter, there's a, there's a moment in that movie um, that grabbed me that I think is important while we're talking about lyrics and while we're talking about songwriting um, that is a songwriter moment. I guarantee you a lot of people this went right by and they didn't get it. I got it immediately. And whenever this happened in the movie, I elbowed my wife and I said, there's the song. Mm-hmm. That's the way this song is supposed to be because he was singing that song. He was going, your heart's on the loose. You roll them sevens with nothing to lose. This ain't no place for a weary kind. And he'd been writing that. He'd been working on that through part of the movie. He's sitting on the porch. He's brokenhearted in this situation. And then he goes. He just, he just all of a sudden changes the whole mood of the song from this ain't no place for the weary kind. And he's kind of like he goes. Your heart's on loose You roll them sevens with nothing to lose This ain't no place for the weary kind He just all of a sudden changes the whole mood of the song by the way he picks it instead of just that one strum thing. And you can see Jeff Bridges does a great job of playing that moment because it's like he's sitting there and he's got this furred brow and he's puzzled with that song and then all of a sudden he just kind of goes. It's like a light comes on and he goes. This ain't no place for the weary kind. And then he just, that's it, that's the song. And I've been, I've been in that situation before because I had this little riff that I would do when I was tuning my guitar or when I was putting new strings on or something like that. Um, it was just like, I just picked this out one day, or over time. I've been doing this for years. And just all of a sudden, one day, I was writing this song uh, about Idaho. I love Idaho, and I spent a lot of time up there. And so I was writing this song about it being kind of our home away from home. And I couldn't figure out what would really tie the song together. And I and um, I, the chorus is, uh, They say home is where your heart is, and Texas is my home. And I was going kind of slow. but um, And goodbye is the hardest thing I know. 
But I'll leave a piece of my heart here and no matter where I roam I'll make Idaho my home away from home And then all of a sudden I went I figured out that's the song right there Put that little riff that I've been doing all these years That fits that song It's the same chord progression You just change the way you're picking it And it ties that whole thing all together yeah. And and when I when that hit me I went that's like that moment mm-hmm. in Crazy Heart when he got it. He said, there's the song. That's the way it's supposed to be. And I think that happens a lot of times with people. I think uh, songwriters will be working on something for a long time, and they're trying to force it. I've tried to yeah. force songs, and years go by, and I never could get that song finished. And finally, I just went, ah, oh, that's where I'm going with that. Yeah, Change the whole thing. It's like you've been carrying around a jigsaw puzzle piece for the longest mm-hmm. time. And suddenly you're you're at the puzzle that mm-hmm. it fits, and then boom, there it goes. I've got a song called "Soreback Hosses and Sunburnt Men" that came from a funny line and a funny story that Tom Morehouse, the rancher, told yeah. a cowboy friend of mine, and and uh, it was a lot. It, it sounds like a funny line, and so yeah. you think it'd be a funny song, but it wasn't. It was a real serious song that I put together, but I couldn't I couldn't finish it. It was just just a, like a one chorus, and it was over, and I, I couldn't figure out how to how to finish that song. And mm-hmm. I sat there on it for a long time. And I was just playing on it one day and Donna said, just leave it alone. Just mm-hmm. put the tag back on the end of it and leave it alone. Make it a little video short song. It says enough. And you know, wisdom of my wife, I did that and mm-hmm. it and it works, it works that way. And it's actually one of her favorite songs that I've ever written. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one of those, it's just real simple, it's just real plain and there's not a whole lot to it. But again, I keep going back to that, you can't, you can't overwork it. You've mm-hmm. got it's got to be simple. It's got to yeah. be a, the the best songs are just simple as they can be. Yeah. You know, Sonny Throckmorton is one of the greatest songwriters ever lived, mm-hmm. and his songs are just basic and yeah. simple, straightforward song. There's not anything complicated. They work great if they're deep, like "Wish You Were Here," right. Mark Will's yeah. song. I mean, that's amazing. That's a yeah. beautiful song. But that a song doesn't have to be that right. to be a great song. You know, there's some very, very simplistic songs that are that are just really good, right. really deep and good songs. So, yeah, lyrically, because uh, you know, the, the lyrics is the hook. Um, you write, I write, we write for different reasons, and I don't write songs. Although I have, anyway, I have started about three, and then they're you know kind of over, and I don't know if they'll ever be finished. But something you've written. And you come back and leave it alone. Come back to it, and you 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 pick up something you've written, you know, a song, and you're like, "Oh my goodness, this is so good!" And you're not going, "Wow, I'm a great songwriter." You're going, "This is so good. I am actually wow." It, for me, my perspective is anytime I write something, I'm like, "That's so good." I'm like, "Where'd that come from?" Well, I know exactly where that came yeah. from. I came from the Father of Heavenly Lights. I believe it's a gift, and even, giftedness. It's your songs. What songs have you written? You know, I, where you wrote a song. Like, well, that is that is such a good lyric. I, That's I such a good line. You know, uh, it's kind of weird because I wrote. I started writing songs when I was about 15 years old, and but most of them that I wrote back then are just you know <laughs> they're terrible. But I have a couple of songs I wrote that long ago that I will actually still sing in public. And um, this is one that I wrote. I was 17 years old when I wrote this. There's two. I'll just do a little piece of, of okay. each one of them. This is just a, a tribute to the Cowboy song. It's called Pride of Our Land. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this song is the, the second verse. It's talking about how good 
You know, people call cowboys a lot of different things depending on what part of the world you're from, what part of the country you're from. Uh, the second verse is the one that I like because this is this line that came to me and I don't know where it came from other than God just gave it to me because I'm like, I'm really not that clever. You know, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm really not that clever to have pieced that together. But it goes, with his reins held in one hand and his life in the other. He climbs aboard and hangs on to a dream. He'll ride them all, whether docile with a little spirit or even crazy and busting. A loose at the seams. Call him cowpoke, vaquero, buckaroo, cowpuncher. But whatever you do, just remember he's a cowboy, he's a legend, he's a hero, the foundation and the pride of our land. I wrote that when I was yeah. 17 years old, and I'm like, how did I even, how was I even that wise when I was 17 That's years great. old? That's great. And, but, and yeah, I know that song. I've listened to you sing that song for years. To, to me, the best line of that song is your opening line, with, with the reins in, his, in one hand and his life and his, in the and other. his life in the other. And that's like, oh my goodness. Reins held in one hand and his life in the other. And you know, as that's often like. as I've heard you yeah. sing that song, I've never caught that line. Yeah. That line. And you know, I start the song from Sonora in Old Mexico to Alberta and all the ranges between. Um, the horses that he rides and the trails he leaves behind number more than most people's dreams. Well, you know, that, that all sounds poetic and everything, but I, but I think the line that, that grabs me to this day that I'm the proudest of is the reins held in one hand yeah. and his life in the other. He's yeah. holding his life in his hands. Yeah. People don't realize that in the old days, they literally just got on a rough old horse and yeah. rode him till he quit bucking and they never got off of him because they're afraid they couldn't get back on him, yeah. you know, if, he, if they didn't. So there's a lot to that, but... Um, this is a song I have no idea where it came from. I wrote this when I was 17 years old. I heard somebody say one time that guy, Will I Am, that's the the producer and lead guy for that group, the Black Eyed Peas, that's uh -huh. a hip hop group. Yeah. I heard him say in the interview one time, when inspiration calls, you always answer the phone and you always give him directions to your house. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> So this, I don't know what bus this came in on, but this is where it was. My mother is like, she just shakes her head when I sing this song. It's been now 20 years ago since I set out to do The very thing my mama pleaded with me not to do I rode out with a stranger and a gang I didn't know My short time as an outlaw ended here on the chain game <laughs> We robbed a bank in a little town Just west of San Antonio My stallion pulled up lame And they left me all alone I was tried and convicted Of the crimes that we had done And they left me out here Dying in the sun On the chain game <laughs> And across the mountain I still hear a lonesome whistle blow It's the train bound for the border And the sun is sinking low on the chain gang <laughs> Where in the world did that come from for a 17-year-old kid? I'm, I'm but, amazed. Uh, uh, all I got to say to that is scary. Desperado, why don't you come to your senses? <laughs> come down for your offenses. Yep. Open the gate. <laughs> Oh, 
Wow. And your mom shakes her head. When your she mom just that. says, where did I go wrong? <laughs> wow. Oh, um, man. Who are the songwriters that make you want to write? Uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm drawn to some, some pretty odd <laughs> a variety of people. Um, I think that uh, Michael Card is very, very good, but he's mm. very deep. Yeah. Very deep. God's fool. I love that song. I like, his, song. I like his songwriting ability and the songs that he writes, uh, but I, I, would, I would not write songs quite so theologically deep as that. Mm. There's, there's very few audiences for that. Not knocking him at all. He's an amazing songwriter. Um, Bob Bennett mm-hmm. is a guy oh, from yeah. California that yeah. is... Uh, it's been around a long time. Another one of those obscure guys that very few people know. Uh, I think his sound, his songs, his song "Man of the Tombs" about the demon possessed man in the tombs is just oh, amazing. Man. He's telling this story about it and talking about uh, how Jesus healed this person. But then at the last, he says, "I'm telling you this story because man of the tombs, I was." Was huh? he's 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 testifying that it was him. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, Carpenter Gone Bad, you know, is the song, you know, is this guy who he says he is or is, is he just a carpenter gone bad? Yeah. You know? I, need, I need to dive into him because he wrote a song He's a few a, years ago and one of the lines, yeah, gosh, well, it's such a good song. Uh, in, in the line he says, when that which does not kill me makes me wish that I was dead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, but it was it was yeah. actually a lighthearted song. It was oh, just, yeah. You know, but yeah. It, uh, he has a song good. called Song About Baseball. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. is not about baseball. Yeah. Said he loves me no matter like how I play. Yeah, yeah. My father loved me yeah. no matter how I play. I always try to play that's that an amazing baseball song. song. Yeah, because yeah. it's about the father. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah. He's really, really good. Yeah. He's a great guy, too. He's a really nice uh, guy. He does Facebook uh, concerts and chats back and forth mm-hmm. with the people on there. And uh, But he's really a great songwriter. Those guys make me want to. Bob Bennett makes me not only want to be a better songwriter. He makes me want to be a better guitar player too. See, when yeah. I started out, I was a singer. I had a mm-hmm. I had a good voice from the time I was a little bitty kid, and I, I'm not I don't say that to brag because it's a God thing because I didn't study, I didn't work hard, I didn't learn how to have a good voice. God just gave me the ability to hear well and to sing what I heard, mm-hmm. and um, so a lot of things I played by ear. Even though I can read music, I still play by ear mostly because right. I I, have, I can hear, and so. Um, when I first started singing, I just needed to be able to accompany myself on the guitar. I really mm-hmm. couldn't care less if I was a good guitar player. I just needed to play those chords yeah. so I could sing, all right? But as I've gotten older and the years have gone by, I've, I've tried to hone my guitar skills, not like, you know, proactively, I'm going to be a better guitar right. player, but just I wanted more to my music. I wanted my music to have more interludes and more things in there that, that colored the song up a little better. And listening to him play, and Jim mm-hmm. Croce when I was young. Yeah. I mean, I, people, I've been accused of having a really weird guitar playing style, but it was because of my naivety because I heard Jim Croce play, mm-hmm. and I thought, man, I want to play like that. Yeah. So I was trying to play and trying to play and trying to play along with him once I got past the point of, I just need to be able to strum so I can sing. I started listening to him, and I said, man, I want to be able to sing like that. So I was mm-hmm. playing sort of a cross between lead and rhythm and back and forth and kind of a weird deal which was weird because then years later i saw a video of him playing and he was not by himself there was another guy sitting there with him playing the guitar 
So it was two guitars I was listening to all this time saying, well, no wonder I can't sound as good as Jim Grosh. You, know? you were influenced by two people. I was trying to it. play as good as two guys at once. That's yeah. no fair. Whoa. You know? Wow. So anyway, that was kind of crazy. But That's that's I, I can I'm trying to think of something really clever and funny to say and nothing's coming to mind. I'm like, well, that's that's I realize you were just a really dumb kid. No, 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 no. You were just no. a really dumb guy. I, I love no. I would make that would be the, that would be the type of thing that I would just yeah. you know just think. But the fact that you did learn that yeah. way and so it created something uniquely within you yeah. in the way you did. So well, we grew up in the radio way. era where you heard yeah. music. Yeah. We didn't grow up in the MTV era right. didn't see where it. you watched you didn't music. See it. Yeah. We listened to yeah. music. We heard music. Yeah. We didn't see music. Yeah. So when <laughs> music videos started coming out, it was like we've been thinking that stuff in our head, listening yeah. to these songs forever. Yeah. These people are just now putting it on video and putting it on TV, yeah. you know. But you, your imagination did all that back in the old well, days, you, you know. Two, two, you had two for one. And that reminds yeah. me, we could, you and I could sit here and talk lyrics all day long. Anytime yeah. I'm with a musician, we're run way out of we time. could, well, yeah, we're, we're, bringing, <laughs> we're bringing this plane in for a landing right now. But when I talked to Denby, I, I had the bright idea. We were doing it on Zoom. And I said, hey, let's let's record you. We're going to close with you and me singing the uh, uh, doxology. And what I learned, <laughs> I learned, learned by mistake that, that Zoom doesn't know what to do with two voices. So it just kind of bings back and forth. It sounds <laughs> terrible. So I'm not we're not gonna sing the doxology, even though it would be perfect now. We yeah. can do it. I want to ask you to sing one of my favorite songs that you sing. It's a song by Sonny Throckmorton. Uh, it'll be a good way to close okay. out, and uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Yep. Jesus always chose the weakest men, and I know it's one of my favorites. I know it's one of your favorites. And for those of you listening, we're going to go ahead and tell you bye now. Thanks for tuning in again to the table, coming to these uh, special uh, lyrically speaking uh, episodes, appetizer episodes. We're just doing a lot of uh, just things that to kind of open up. Um, just help you see a little bit more about God's wonder, hear a little bit more about God's wonder, uh, and just hear things that are redemptive, redemptive. So thanks for listening. Here is a song that has a truth in it. Uh, Jesus, the people he chooses are, are uh, different than the way the not world chooses. Not always what you expect. No, not at all. So thanks, Jeff, for being aboard. Sonny, Sonny Throckmorton wrote a lot of songs for the Oak Ridge Boys, George Strait, Merle Haggard, famous people. 40 or so songs that were number one hits by other people. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a gospel song he wrote that he was good enough to let me record. Jesus always chose the weakest men Beggars, thieves, and harlots were his friends and most of them stayed with him to the end. Oh, Jesus always chose the weakest men. I said, Lord, why have I received these blessings? I stumble and I'm falling all the time. That I remember David and Bathsheba. And it seems to me he's always like my kind Cause Jesus always chose the weakest men Beggars, thieves, and harlots were his friends And most of them stayed with him to the end Oh, Jesus always chose the weakest men Sometimes I'm ashamed of what I'm doing 
But he is always there to hold my hand He seems to understand the weak man's doings Though he ain't weak, somehow he understands Cause Jesus always chose the weakest men Beggars, thieves, and harlots were his friends and most of them stayed with him to the end. Oh, Jesus always chose the weakest men. Jesus always chose the weakest men. And that's why most of us will fit right in. And I will praise his name unto the end. Oh, Jesus always chose the weakest men. Oh, Jesus always chose the weakest men. Thanks, my friend. You bet. Thank you.